Meet Nate. By day, he works in IT. But when he gets on the bike, he becomes... Nature Nate. An outdoorsy type with his head in the clouds and a weak supply of trail mix in his cargo pants. Nature Nate leaves no trace, except for native wildflowers. If a tree falls in the forest, he'll help it get back up. And Nature Nate rides with Geico, because getting specialty coverage for his motorcycle is the natural choice. Geico Motorcycle, expert coverage for both your sides. I think people look at her and think she's delicate, fragile, all these different things because of the way that she looks. And she plays off of that. And she is absolutely manipulating people. Welcome to the global phenomenon, surviving the survivor, where we're all just trying to survive in a rough world. What's up, SCS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that brings you the very best guests in all of true crime. Today, we dive back into the Lori Vallow Daybell story. She is a so-called doomsday mom set to go on trial one week from tomorrow. On Monday, uh, jury selection will begin with jury questionnaires being filled out beginning manana tomorrow. It is, of course, a wildly twisted story of a seemingly loving mother, a devout member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who becomes involved in the deaths of as many as five people, including her own children. Best guest tonight, Tracy Walder, the one and only. She's one of the few women to serve in both the Directorate of Operations at the CIA, and also as a special agent at the FBI. Carmela, you were just a social worker. That was it. I no just, FBI. Uh, before we came on, I was uh, speaking with Tracy and I. Tracy. Tracy, and and <sighs> I was very impressed because CIA alone is enough, but CIA and FBI—that's already. By the way, she'll probably call you Stacy a lot more, so Tracy, prepare for it. Tracy. Tracy. He's used I, to Stacy. Dick Tracy. Tracy. There you go. From two thousand to two thousand four. Tracy served the CIA's Counterterrorism Center Weapons of Mass Destruction Group, followed by the FBI's Chinese <laughs> counterintelligence team. During her time at the CIA, Tracy traveled to war zones in many other countries. She is an adjunct pr professor right now in uh, criminal justice at TCU, Texas Christian University, and sits on the board of directors of Girls Security. And she is the author of The Unexpected Spy and Beginning today, we have a link to our own Amazon storefront, and you can go and buy The Unexpected Spy in there, and uh, we make it easy for you. So there you go. Did you get a discount, even? Uh, I believe so, Carm. I believe so. Now, uh, Dr. Roger Rhodes, he is not present yet. He will be here. He is trying to get on with the assistance of our chief technical officer, my wife. Uh, Roger Rhodes is a senior therapist at the Pace Center in Greenville, South Carolina. He specializes in dysfunctional relationships, Carmela. I know. He, and he, said will, he, would, he will have a good day with us. He said he will counsel us for free, Carm. Okay. He's also worked with inmates inside the prison system, so he knows a thing or two about what Lori Valadebel, what Alec Murdoch, and all these others are going through. So. Um, very quickly, Carmela screamed at me yesterday. Don't promote yourself. Don't promote yourself. Don't promote yourself. It's uncouth. I did say that. 
Anyway, to promote ourselves, you want to uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, we're at Podcast STS. You look beautiful tonight, Carm. All made yes. up, all dolled up. I didn't up. use any makeup, zero. No, you got lipstick on. Lipstick, I always. Okay. And uh, again, Podcast STS, you can become a YouTube member, and you can also follow us on Patreon. The big question of the day, which we're going to wait for Roger and we're going to get to uh, in a little bit, is what is going on inside Lori Vallow Daybell's mind? I'm not sure anyone fully has the answer to that. But to start with here, there are some tangible uh, pieces of information uh, that we know about now ahead of this trial starting in one week. The biggest one, of course, is this past week, Lori Vallow Daybell was herself moved to the Ada County Jail in Boise, Idaho. And this is not a very friendly place from what we are being told by people uh, who are familiar with the county jail in Boise. Uh, it was quite interesting. Uh, I was looking at the East Idaho News, which had been the leaders in all this, and they actually had people sending in photos of her trip from uh, the other side of the state into Ada County, and uh, they caught them I guess, at a bathroom stop uh, at a convenience store during this trip. But um, now that she is in custody uh, in Ada County, uh, what, Tracy, is a unfriendly county jail like as she uh, awaits this trial? Because apparently her other jail allowed her to put on makeup. Um, she kind of had the run of the place here. Apparently that is not the case at all. Yeah, so that's a really good question. And, you know, it's always interesting when I arrested people at the FBI, they'd always ask me if they were going, you know, to prison or to jail. And since this was a federal case that I usually worked on, right, they're going to federal prison. Um, and they preferred that. And that's really to your point, right, about um, jails versus prisons versus, you know, federal penitentiaries. And the reality is, is those are not funded and staffed uh, as well as some of the bigger facilities, which is before she was at arguably the kind of largest jail within the state. So it was receiving funding. It had a lot of security and it had a lot of guards. But here she's going to be in complete isolation because really they have no way um, to keep her completely safe and to keep really the population completely safe by allowing her to mingle uh, with, with other members of the jail. Because she is in that jail. She's with people who have been arrested on like DUIs. And then obviously she's, you know, on three murder charges. And so they're going to have to keep her completely isolated. That's not fun, right, in and of itself, um, keeping someone isolated. No one really wants that. Also, they probably have not, like I mentioned before, not as high a funding um, as some of the larger state jails. And so, you know, she's dealing with maybe not the best conditions, um, not the best sort of restroom conditions, um, and is probably constantly under the watch of, of people and guards and may not be under electronic surveillance all the time. Um, instead, she might be under actual physical surveillance, which is which is uncomfortable um, because they can't guarantee uh, her security because they may not have enough people to do that. They are not going to allow her to have access to anything. Um, they're not going to allow her to have access to makeup. Um, you know, they're not go like you had mentioned before. Um, 
you know, another thing that I'm hearing too is it's going to be interesting. I don't know how they're going to work attorney-client conversations um, with her, depending on the kind of surveillance that she's under, because those are supposed to be private. And I don't know if they're going to be able to sort of guarantee her a room um, that is private. So I'll be interested to see uh, how they work that out. But really, the biggest factor in kind of an unfriendly, uncomfortable environment really is actually isolation. I think a lot of times we think it's bed bugs and grossness, but but really it's it's isolation and that's what's going to happen to her at this jail. And she's from what I understand, she's not under any kind of suicide watch, but do they keep her is there a <laughs> protocol where they keep her in like a paper jumpsuit so she can't attempt to commit suicide? Anything along those lines? Mm -hmm. You know, that's an interesting question, Joel. I don't know because it's my understanding she's not under a suicide watch and that she is competent to stand trial. So that being said, as long as she has access to whatever medications and therapies that she's on, which whether we like it or not, she's entitled to, right? Um, she would not be under some kind of a, a suicide watch. Now, granted, they're not going to let her have knives, razors, all those kinds of things, but that's very typical and sometimes something we have to do because really prisoners have a constitutional right um, for their, their own safety and health. And by the way, screw Anderson Cooper. The real silver fox is Dr. Roger Rhodes, yeah. and he has just arrived on scene. How are you, doctor? Doing good, boy. Doing my best to jump in here. Love what you're saying. Man, the legal <laughs> system sometimes kicks you in the butt. It doesn't help, it doesn't help justice. It, it hinders justice, I think. So, Dr. Roger Rhodes, be before you got on, uh, we were talking about how you specialize in dysfunctional Same family maybe. relationships. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, we're, I'll, we're I'll wondering, be proud for you and your son, ma'am. That's what I'll right. uh, We need a discount, Dr. Rhodes. We need the, uh, the South Carolina discount, but uh, we will need your help. Please keep us in check. Uh, when we, if we begin to uh, all, listen, all positive feedback is welcome. Oh, yes. bloody! Then hey, I have arrived at the right spot. I'm good for the positive feedback. That's and right. by the way, Dr. Rhodes, Forget please meet my negative. lovely mother, Carmela, who is both yeah. a licensed therapist. So this will be interesting. She was oh. a social worker for 40 years, and um, she's also a Holocaust survivor. She's been through some stuff. And, and the worst part is I'm his mother for the last. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what that tells me? There's hope for him. If you're his <laughs> maybe, maybe. The worst part, I'll remember that, Carm. I'll remember Okay, that. he's All very right. touchy. He really will take it. He cannot take a joke when it's on him. My Knit Saloon writes, so happy and waiting for the greatest true crime live show ever. Hello from northeastern Louisiana. Ketchup is a friend of the show. She lives here in South Florida. Carm, you might see her on the streets one day. And she says, Aloha, STS Nation. She lived in Hawaii. Uh, Carmen Joel, what a treat this beautiful Sunday. I see your finger raised, Carmen. Are you yeah. chomping at the bit to say back, something of back importance? To Lori, back to Lori. The, Vallow. Vallow. Yeah. Back to Lori Vallow. Um, isn't, it, uh, isn't she in extra danger? Because I don't know. I know male prisoners will kill somebody who, who killed children. You know that they will have additional. That's a good question, hostility. Tracy. So she well, can don't rephrase me tonight. <laughs> I love it. Family <laughs> tension in this show. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> anyway, we carry on like this forever. The 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 thing is that uh, I know that men prisoners, uh, 
even if they are in for murder of grown-ups, they still don't tolerate well somebody who killed children. And I was wondering if it if it is so in women's prisons. Tracy, is she under any threat for killing her own children, even though no, her mother no, no, said no, not no, to? No, 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 no. The 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 other prisoners killing her in the prison. Right, That's right. exactly what I just asked. No, you said her own children. <laughs> I said for killing her own children. Anyway, this is going to go off the rails tonight, everyone. I apologize. <laughs> Sunday night. What do you mean it's going to? It's Sunday night is just Sunday night. But Tracy, she is a child killer. Mm-hmm. Is she under uh, greater danger being in the Ada County Jail right now among so, other criminals? I think that that's actually an excellent question. Weirdly, um, I don't see as much, and, and the good doctor may have a comment on this too, I don't see as much in terms of the violence um, in women's prisons that I do in the men's um, in regards to murdering women and children and those kinds of things. Um, we, I did um, have a female that I had to go get to testify at a trial and she was in a women's prison and she had killed um, her infant son basically. And she sometimes was kept in isolation because she was receiving threats. And then other times she was mixed in sort of with the general population. So I think in that case, I don't want to speak for all women's prisons. I can't. Um, But in that case, it seemed to me like it was viewed as like a case by case basis, if you will. She was like having an increase in threats. A lot of times in men's prisons, I can say, unfortunately, um, my daughter's former teacher um, is serving a 27 year uh, jail sentence for abuse and um, child pornography, and he is being kept separately um, in his prison. Uh, so I, I really think it's a depend situation, but because she's being moved to a smaller jail, that's going to be tricky. That's going to be interesting, but she is being held in isolation, at least from what I understand in that that new jail. And Dr. Rhodes, anything? Because you've worked inside the prison system. Um, are women as uh, revengeful uh, against those who have committed crimes against children as the men are in general. Well, Roger, we're going to have to come back to you because you're, uh, you are pixelating and uh, breaking up a little bit. We're going to have to get you back in. Um, It's going to be a wild ride of a night here. Um, Roxanne writes, (laughs) Roxanne writes something that can help us all. Future writes, by the way. Hello and happy Sunday, everyone. I hope everyone's having a blessed day. Excited to see what Carm has to say about this. I'm excited to see what you have to say about it, too. Good morning from New Zealand, Carmela. Lest you thought they were just watching us here in the United States of America. You, Carmela, are now a global phenomenon. Roxanne writes, hello, everyone. Um, greetings from the Oregon coast. Mabel is our friend in El Salvador. Look at this. We cover all sorts of terrain here. She writes, hit the like button. Hello, STS nation. Delray beach, Florida, our neighbors. I like to get a nice lay of the land here and Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is the land where Dr. Rhodes hails from, uh, the great state of Oklahoma. So Tracy, another thing that we know by now, of course, is that, uh, Death penalties off the table, and I think Roger may be back here. Hang on. Roger, you back with us? Oh, he's he's still frozen up there a little. Uh, <laughs> the death penalty is off the table. You have to defrost him. And Judge, Judge Boyce writes about this. This is, was his ruling on why he took the death penalty off the table. He says, 
and it didn't have to do with death. It had to do with uh, time. The court, he wrote, does not impose a sanction to penalize the state, but to ensure that the constitutional right of the defendant is protected to allow for her reasonable defense to prepare for this trial. Uh, so the judge, in essence, Tracy, was being uh, cautious on behalf of the defendant to make sure uh, they were given enough time because it would be a, a ton of extra preparation in a death penalty case. Did and, I read and, that correctly? And, and she requested a speedy trial. Correct. Is that all? She being uh, Laurie. So, and that's part of why too, and, and I could be incorrect, but that's part of why too, they separated the cases um, of her and Chad was also because she requested, to Carmen's point, she requested the the speedy trial and obviously having a death penalty case um, is going to extend that. I also think, and I know the judge didn't say this, and it's probably going to frustrate um, some of the listeners. I'm actually, I know people are very upset because they wanted her to have that. Um, but I, I'm actually not surprised that the judge ruled this way. And um, you know, I think Dr. Rhodes can probably speak to this. I think because at times she has been found competent to stand trial, at other times she hasn't been found competent to stand trial. And that has been a question that's really gone on for like, what, three and a half years now um, about her. And I think you run into problems. Let's say she is convicted and let's say she does get the death penalty. I could easily see her getting an appeal and being successful because she had the death penalty. And now I'm not saying that's a reason to not give someone the death penalty, but it could jeopardize a conviction altogether. And you know, look, I personally feel that she's guilty and I think that she deserves, um, you know, life without parole. But I do think in a case like this, this is something that on appeal um, could be a technicality. And I know it's frustrating because I can't imagine how the victims feel. But I, I do think that that's why um, she that was taken off the table as well. I, although I don't think the judge is going to say that. Yeah. Dr. Rhodes, I think you're back with us. Anything to add to that? Oh, you got to unmute yourself, I think. Oh, you still, now you are muted. I think we're having another issue there. Oh, there you go. Roger, we're hearing you now. Yeah. I I think what we've got going is it, she is uh, skillful at being weird. And I think that comes from the spiritual background. I think she got into how to do that and how to operate and has moved that into jail. So you're, you're really seeing a mix of mental illness, religiosity, and uh, deviousness all mixed in together there. And uh, I'm going to have you and Carm battle it out in the mental health pits in a moment. And we're going to get there. Uh, Judge Boyce basically wagged his finger at Lori Vallow and, and warned her that it's her decision that she could put the trial off, uh, that she has that right. Uh, and he said in his motion, I would caution the defendant by insisting on going forward, forward with the trial now knowing there's additional evidence they are not that they are not prepared to address is a risk the decision to continue forward without a continuance is a decision only the defendant with the competent advice of her counsel can make so he's basically saying hey maybe you should back up take a little bit of time but she's saying let's move forward so a uh, flyover uh, girl writes hello from southern illinois 
And a special shout out to Baby Doll, a friend of the show. Hot meth down here in central Mississippi. Uh, they got hit hard, super hard last night by those uh, tornadoes. So our thoughts go to you. Uh, last I heard, I'm sure the numbers climbed. It was at least 23 dead. I saw that earlier this morning. Yeah. So more. Carmela says more. Um, so uh, our thoughts are with the people of the great state of Mississippi. Um, that, I, I want to say that sounds like my childhood. The Mississippi deal. You grow up in Oklahoma, you call that spring. Yeah. <laughs> that's the season. So that's that's how that works. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, tornadoes in Oklahoma are no joke at all. Oh, absolutely not, boy. I've I and I've been in the middle of them. I've mm. walked walked out and seen seen them coming, and oh. they are no fun. Yeah, that is not not a fun thing. Um. So tomorrow, Monday. Uh, juror questionnaires are going to start to be filled out at the courthouse. Uh, potential jurors are going to complete questionnaires at the courthouse on March 27th and 28th uh, before uh, jury selection actually begins one week from Monday. Um, Tracy, every state is different. Um, even ju different jurisdictions are different. Um, we saw in the Murdoch trial, jury selection moved very quickly. But here we're being told, it uh, could take uh, days, if not up to a week. Um, I know you're not in uh, Idaho, per se, but uh, have you heard anything about the process at all? I haven't heard much about the process. Obviously, you know, I'm not an attorney and I'm not uh, from Idaho. But um, the fact oh, that it moved... <laughs> I'm in Dallas. Uh, but the fact that it moved super quickly um, in the Murdoch case is actually somewhat unusual. Um, based in the states that I have been in and have lived in, it takes about a week to 10 days um, to fully seat a jury. So this is actually not unusual. I would argue that the Murdoch case um, was more unusual in how quickly um, that jury is seated. But I would imagine, Dr. Rose, you could speak more to sort of South Carolina, um, whether, whether they're unusual or not um, in terms of how they're, they're seating the juries. But, you know, this will look the same also in a Koberger case as well. And so I think this is, in a weird way, good front loading um, of how a jury is going to be be seated in these cases, depending on what Brian Koberger does um, from an administrative point of view. And I think South Carolina is the exception in that they were very swift, moved quickly. Um, judge Clifton Newman did not mess around. Uh, this is a young judge uh, in terms of his experience. So we'll see how it plays out. Jessica K writes, been waiting all week for this. Sorry about that, Jessica. <laughs> my, for my, this, my condolences are with you. This. Hi, Carm. Question. Do people like Lori have to be, Carm, this is a question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Do people like Lori have to be deprogrammed for the cult-like aspect of this case? Does it work? Mm -hmm. By the way, before Carmela answers this question, which she'll forget, so I'll have to restate it once oh, again. God. She Today. told me that she wants everyone out there in STS Nation to understand my mother speaks six languages fluently, and she doesn't think in English. So she says it takes her an extra second, coupled with her young, tender age of 83. <laughs> so if you hear her pausing for an extra moment, she wants you to know that that is why. But, but everybody knows except you. Everyone knows. <laughs> the Roger, we're going to need help. Oh, uh, but the, I love it. I love it. I, I love the family vibe here. <laughs> <laughs> but the question, once again, 
Do people like Lori have to be deprogrammed from the okay. cult-like aspect? Okay. Yes now, or no? Now I am I'm very diplomatic with this question because I don't question anybody's religion, and I don't I don't uh, judge anybody's religion. I think here we are not talking about a religion. Here we are talking about um, uh, deformation of a religion, of a twisting of a religion, of a carrying too far. And I have to, uh, I have to uh, say that I personally think that uh, Lori is not, um, she does not have mental health problems except for this one that she kind of moved into this um, religious obsession and she carried it so far. That's my theory, that she she kind of got into, it's like getting into quicksand. You can visualize it and you cannot get out of it and you get into it deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what happened to her. So my husband, who is a psychiatrist and now is very sick, he used to say, you don't have to be crazy if you are spoiled. It's enough to be spoiled. You know, you don't have to be crazy. But at the same time, you don't have to be crazy to go into this very deep religious... She happens to be bright. She's not a stupid woman. And she used her intelligence in a warped way. And she went into. she went off the road. Because I'm sure the, the the actual church of later day saints would say that she left the road and she's somewhere in the fields. Dr. Roger Rhodes has yeah. not left the road. Uh, Dr. Rhodes, uh, yes, anything sir. to add? Do you think that you can be deprogrammed? And then I'd like Tracy's take on this because she worked with programming and deprogramming of different sorts of people like terrorists. <laughs> but Dr. Rhodes, can you be deprogrammed? Is, she, is that even the issue? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think it's kind of like, uh, can people change? And people change if they want to change. And so that's going to be the battle. Uh, her holding on to this style, this quicksand moment that your mother was talking about, uh, is a payoff for her. So my thought is, no, they're not going to pro deprogram her. Why? Because she likes where she is. She she. Other people would be uh, engulfed by the quicksand. I believe she's swimming the backstroke in the in the quicksand. Mm. And uh, Tracy, to you, um, you would get people um, who were, you know, some would say essentially brainwashed, right, into uh, into uh, very um, severe uh, religious beliefs. Um, how would you guys handle that from like a CIA standpoint in trying to either, you know, deprogram them to come work with you or uh, rehabilitate them or de-radicalize them, I guess would be a way to put it. So I first want to say, Dr. Rose, I totally, that's such a great point that you made. You know, she, I think she likes the quicksand. I think you're absolutely right. I think she never thought about it that way, but I, I think you're, you're, you're spot on with that. Um, you know, in terms of deprogramming, if you will, look, we, Saw what happened. Unfortunately, my boss was one of the ones um, that was was blown up um, at a base uh, because we tried to deprogram a terrorist and use him as an asset. And to be honest with you, that doesn't work. I mean, that's like the short answer of that. But I think in terms of how to get people 
um, to work with you rather than against you. You know, a lot of times, especially in pop culture, right, we see this sort of like acrimonious relationship, um, you know, between the CIA and uh, between a terrorist or whomever they're talking to. But it really wasn't like that. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times it's about finding that common ground with them and understanding why. Why did the person join Al-Qaeda? And I, I asked a member of Al-Qaeda once, you know, why'd you join? Like, what was it about this that was so interesting to you? And I said, eh, it wasn't really about the religion. I mean, yes, that came later. But the reality was, is this guy had lived in a country that I, I think we would say was a, a fragile or failed state. Like the government couldn't provide for the needs of the people. He had hepatitis. He was starving. He didn't read above like a seven-year-old level. Had no family. A member of Al-Qaeda found him fed him, gave him clothes, gave him medicine, gave him food, um, and he became beholden to them. And then that religious radicalization came later. And so I'm wondering if that's something um, that can be applied. I know we can't, you know, kind of blanket it out to everyone, but I'm just wondering if that's something that can be applied um, in a case like this, sort of looking at it backwards. Well, I, um, it I totally agree with her. Uh, that is a great connection to this, that the religion is down the road, but but at the core of it, uh, which I loved it, was the issue of spoiled. Mm-hmm. And if you're spoiled, if, if there is a payoff for, for being uh, a criminal, why would people stop doing that? You know, that's like being a terrorist. As long as if I'm going to get fed and they're going to take care of me. Why would I check? What what are you going to bring me different? And the religious thing is an afterthought. And I believe that is also in this case, the, the uh, cult stuff, the Latter-day Saint stuff is an afterthought. It was, it, it, I believe it was convenient. You know? and, and also it provided a community. It provided like thinking people that she being bright and she accused her, I think it was her third husband or her fourth husband that, that he was not on her level. What, what she meant is that he couldn't think the way she was thinking. And, and she found a group of people that, that was her community and, and friendship and community are also a very important, uh, fact in these matters. Yeah, they, they all d- drank the same Kool-Aid. Exactly. <laughs> That's what you've got here. I mean, this is just is a step down from Jim Jones, mm-hmm. you know. It's the same it's the same mindset. And uh, Dr. Rhodes, for those who are younger and a half sentence, <laughs> tell people who he was and how he relates to Kool-Aid. Well, he 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 was a, a minister who was preaching the gospel in California. And he was providing, like you were talking about with the Al-Qaeda people, he was people who were hungry, people who were desperate, who had on the the outskirts of society had been ignored. Well, he came in with his ministry and he gave them stuff. And then he said, well, what we need to do is go to this special land in South America and so they, they all went with him thinking, well, that, this dude's got, got my best interest at heart. And so they did. And once he got him there, he had a captive audience. And then he said, well, now we need to go see the Lord. And, and how we're going to do that is we're all going to drink 
poison Kool-Aid, and dang if they didn't do it, you know, uh, because he had he had provided the basics in California, just like what you. I love the community, the we're connected, and how much power comes in in the idea of being heard. See that that was a piece of what she got. Even the what she was really saying about the ex-husband. That clown doesn't listen to me. Yeah, he's probably sane, so he's not going to do that. Uh, but the, here's all these people who are going. She was saying crazy stuff, and they were going, "Ah, oh, man, that's that's prophetic." And she she must be listening to the outer world. No, she was she was full of it, and you and serving out Kool Aid and saying it's the best. And man, they were drinking it. And, and that's now we know. And now we know how we got the expression: "Don't drink the Kool Aid." Right, right. there. And I, I think that's at the core of all that's going on. I think that's why she went to the speedy trial because in her head, she's innocent. In her world, she's innocent. Now, is that nutty? Yeah. Is is that spoiled? Really? But but you know. When people get down to wanting to be noticed and wanting to be of of high value, it is amazing what they're willing to do. I mean, they have no boundaries when it comes to that. I'm sorry. I, I'm putting everything into this, but I think she also had some character traits from her early years that you know, she liked to fight. She liked to be controversial. She liked, that was part of her. And it's very interesting if you observe her mother. I only saw the documentary where they interviewed her mother. Ooh, cool. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw, I saw that part where they interviewed her mother. It was really well, interesting. Wait a minute, let, let's get down to basics. The fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Far from the tree. Yeah. Although, the mother, although her mother is reaching. Yeah. That means she was with tainted fruit since she's been little, and she's still in the same field. Now we're back to Jim Jones and the Kool-Aid drinking. <laughs> and I think the mother has Pam. I think Pam Cox, as her name, has come out recently and said, Maybe she didn't fully understand uh, the, gravity the, the gravity of what her daughter was up to. Misdemeanor writes, Carm is my idol. Mine also. Oh, gee, don't and, do that. And, don't do that. And Teresa writes. <laughs> you know, people who are put up there, they fall off the pedestal. <laughs> Teresa writes, does Lori get a Bible? Uh, they can take away a lot in prison or in jail, but I don't know that they can take away your Bible. Tracy, can they take your Bible away? Typically, no, not unless you're using it to hide contraband and things of that nature. So unless she's doing that, then she's allowed to have it, as long as it's prison issued. I think her Bible is Chad's books. Well, yes. And, I doubt, and I doubt she'd be allowed to have those. I doubt she'd be allowed to have those. But, uh, it doesn't um, matter what she has. A Bible doesn't jump in your head. You got to pick it up. You got to open it. And you got to work with people. No, no. That she is so far beyond that level uh, that a, a Bible you put you put the Quran in there you put in uh, everybody's book in the world you know men are from Mars women are from Venus sweet <laughs> I'm gonna read that I, it, it would do her equally as good I believe 
And uh, Jessica says, woohoo, Raj. Dr. Raj is in the house. Um, Lori Vallow, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, they actually filed uh, a notice of alibi uh, back in January. Uh, the prosecution said it came too late. Uh, it was nine months after she was expected to file it. And uh, the defense, or the defense, I should say, in filing this uh, notice of alibi writes that Vallow, Lori Vallow states she was in her apartment with her three with three other people when two of her children, JJ and Tylee Ryan, were killed in September 2019. The notice also states that Lori Vallow's brother, Alex Cox, killed the children in his apartment nearby. The children's remains were found in June 2020 on property belonging to Vallow's current husband, Chad Daybell. Cox died months after the children were reported missing and before their remains were found. So, Tracy, uh, she's got an easy alibi. She puts it on her dead brother, um, but it's not going to play so easily in the court of law, correct? Look, she's always pinned it on her dead brother. Like, this is, she's really never veered from that. So, I guess, you know, we've got this really um, straightforward alibi. But I think, you know, to Carm's point, like, this is one smart chick. I really do think she's not getting enough credit (laughs) in a bad way for how smart she is. And I think she purposely filed this notice of alibi late. Um, I think she purposely is um, sort of goading this mental health issue, really like bleeding it dry um, to get the death penalty waived. I think she's asking for a speedy trial because she knows that if she does that, she's putting everyone's feet to the fire to get everything. So this is a really smart chick and everything that she's doing is so purposeful. Um, and so I, I just think it, it's fascinating to me that she even has the balls to nine months later say, hey, I want to go ahead and, 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 you know, file my alibi now when you know um, that that's not going to be accepted. But I just I think everything she does has this ulterior motive. I mean, this this is a, a smart I can't believe I'm giving her credit, but like this is a smart cookie. You, that's the only way you're going to get this if you don't <laughs> give her credit. Uh, you, if you if you fly low on her intellect, you're missing this one. You know, she didn't fall off the turnip truck and come in and do this. No, she's been she's been raised to be weird. She came from weird. She's weird. And uh, she and I love I love how you're saying purposeful, because when you say purposeful, I think you're at the heart of this evil. This is, yeah, there it is. That's probably the big. This is an issue of evil, not of. What uh, what struck me when the children were missing, she lied and she wasn't upset at all. She was gallivanting in Hawaii when this happened. The most mis. I mean, I'm a mom. Y'all are parents. Like, I, I do not understand that attitude. But I think that goes back to what you know, Doctor Cruz was saying. Is it's like evil. I, I don't understand. Yeah. That. But you also go back to Alec Murdoch, and you can't. You know, That's I have true. a son. It's like yeah. none of it. None it, of it, it makes sense. sense. Common sense here. Is yeah, what we got going. If you don't think that way, you can never, you know, uh, fathom it. Nancy Whitmore writes right to our point. Do you think Lori will put the blame on her brother for the murder 100%. of her kids? A hundred percent. Marina already. comes to us. She's a friend of the show from the south of Spain, Carmela. Okay. 
Uh, I was in Cordoba. She says, I'm here for the Carmen Joel show. Love it. It's a little too much of the Carmen Joel show tonight. <laughs> Frankie Figs, a friend We're of the show. Tone it down. Maybe not, Carm. Great to see Carm. Hello from New Mexico, from Elf. Hello from Dayton, Ohio. Carmela, can you believe you have people from all corners of this world? Oh, look at this. Well, I am from all corners of this world. <laughs> you are. <laughs> okay. um, someone asked, and this is interesting, A lot. Of, this has gone back a lot. Uh, people have gone back and forth on this a lot, Tracy. Uh, Mardella Rowland writes, why hasn't Judge Boyce recused him, him, himself as he is an LDS member? I mean, if you you can make the same argument, if you have a Christian defendant and the judge is Christian, you don't have to recuse yourself, right? So uh, people think that he may be too invested in this from a religious standpoint, but what say you? Yeah, I think, and I totally, I, I completely understand where she's coming from. Oh, first I want to say something. Lori Vallow is really smart, but here's the thing. Ego always gets you in the end. Always. Mm. Your ego gets you in the end. And I think that's what's going to get this girl in the end. Anywho, moving love on. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> the, yeah. This, yeah. I think, and I, I understand where she's coming from, but the reality is, is that theoretically we have separation of church and state in this country. And so the idea is that a judge, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, whatever, would be able to separate um, religion in that case. And so we legally can't ask a judge um, to recuse themselves because that would actually be discriminatory um, from a religious perspective. And so you, you, we also have to remember, we've talked about this, this isn't mainstream LDS that she's, you know, ascribing to. I'm not LDS, I'm Jewish, but I would imagine the LDS church does not agree or adhere to whatever it is that she believes in. And so I Absolutely think we not. we can't assume that this judge, um, but I I do understand um, where that, that listener is coming from. I, I see their point. It's just, we, we can't ask a judge to do that unless... Um, the judge has communicated in some way uh, that they also ascribe to those those same beliefs. No, if you if you would use this as an excuse, it would be limitless. Mm -hmm. Nobody could be the judge of anybody. Amen. You're right yeah. there. There would be no limit. And that. here we go. We're at that part of the night. Jessica, let her talk, Joel. Here we go. <laughs> Followed by this one. Well, I like tonight. Actually, I am pretty aggressive. When so. when we get the uh, when we get the, uh, the merch <laughs> when the mar chief marketing officer gets the merch store up and running, we'll get uh, Carmisms made up. This one is "Don't rephrase me, Joel." Uh, <laughs> Kitty reminding us that Carmela said that. Marina reminds us all. Joel, you're so lucky to have your mom. You don't even know. Love you guys. We love you back. Mm -hmm. um, Chico's mummy says, and you know, I have not confirmed this. Judge Boyce is not an LDS member. That is a rumor. Uh, so that has to be confirmed, uh, whether or not he is. I think, uh, I'm sure people know as fact, but um, I thought he was. Maybe he is not. Laurelin Lulu. That's hard to say 10 times. She says, ha, ha, ha. I love you, Carm. Um, and then misdemeanor says karma always gives me material for the upcoming work week. That is karm. Um, but I have to tell you guys, I only appear anymore. I'm semi-retired. I only appear for a Sunday nights. This is my that, day. That's and it. And so that's why we are so kind of giddy or whatever we are. Tonight there's a weird well, energy. I'll, I just want to add a period is just a dot, but it's very important to the sentence. You might be retired, 
But when you say stuff, a lot of meat there. A lot of meat there. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Kathleen Barrett says, Joel, in all caps, don't you dare restrain your mama. <laughs> Exclamation mark. Everyone yells at me constantly. Um, anyway, it, I, I want to get everyone's take on this, too. Um, in other new developments, the court considered and denied once again a request to make the trial, trial available virtual live stream. Roger, the bottom line is this is a public courthouse and the judge is saying, not not on my time. All you're getting from me is an audio stream. Uh, you're going to have to pay for it. Um, Gigi McKelvey of Pretty Lies and Alibis, by the way, uh, she is doing a breakdown of everything you need to know, and it is fantastic. Uh, you can listen to it on Pretty Lies and Alibis, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't even mention her. Wow, she's so good. Because she is so good. She knows everything about it, and it makes everybody else feel terrible. It's called The Crash Course. <laughs> the Crash Course on Lori Vallow uh, Daybell. And by the way, she's going to be our guest tomorrow at lunchtime, uh, along with Lori Hellis, who is literally writing a book about Lori Vallow. So join us at lunchtime. I'll remind you again. Um, but anyway, I wanted to get your take. Carmela, you first. Since you're now a media icon and you have uh, your own show and you're going to be denied a camera in the courtroom and the, the, your STS Nation is clamoring for your take on this. Well, my right, what do you think about this? I, everything I know, I learned here. But I, I thought that actually, according to the Constitution of the United States, you, you are entitled to a, a transparent, open trial that... I don't think there's anything in the Constitution about cameras, per se. No, because um, they didn't exist at the time. Yeah. But but I think it would it would be like depriving uh, us of information, and there is nothing like seeing something. You can hear something, and it's completely different than than when you see it. And if the if the media go off on tangents because they didn't actually see what happened, don't blame the media this time. Uh, well, we had Dr. Uh, Detective Phil Waters from the Houston PD. He says, you know what? Don't have cameras in the courtroom. I'd rather the only people that matter are the jurors. Uh, what say you, Dr. Roger Rhodes? Should there be cameras in a public courtroom? In this case, no. And the and the number one word is ego. This camera. This is like uh, you know people who want to be on camera. They oh please don't put me on camera. Let me make sure I'm on the, in in the right zone. That's her. That's her. She oh, no don't what? do that man. Don't do that. They'll be on you like quite on right. Now you're gonna get don't, in don't trouble. <laughs> but that's I love what you were saying before about ego's going to trip her. Yeah, I believe she has a head of steam on ego. I think she, she would love a camera there uh, because she could. She believes she could make it her show. It'd be, be her own little reality moment and her moment in the sunlight. And that just goes to how. Very sad. This woman is. She. She's. She's evil and she's sad. She's kind of pathetic at this point in life. She's yeah. And uh, I think that anybody with their in the right mind, their answer would be ooh about the camera. 
ooh, no, no. That, that, that would appeal to people who turn who go slow by an accident. Yep. This is an this is a bad accident, and she wants to stand out in front and dance in front of it, and that's that's really sad. But that sad. makes total sense what you are saying. That this would give her too much uh, pleasure to 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 be in the the star role. Uh, just. Yeah, just another human here writes, good day, friends from Australia. Uh, Canada loves CARM, too, according to Carolyn A. Um, Jay Thomas Reset, a friend of the show, reminding me, uh, if I interrupted my mom, he says, my dad would have beat my butt. Yep, LOL. No joke, though. Uh, Jay, I don't want to... Wait a minute. Beat his butt in love. In love. In love. Wait a minute. When you grow up like that, that's a... I, I, you being disrespectful to your your mom, I think I need to in love give you some incentive here. I lived I love Jay, but we're probably a couple years apart, so I'll chalk that up to a different generation. Uh, Delena writes, "Hi from Naples, Florida." Followed here by Roger Rhodes, neck of the woods. Veronica Collins, Oklahoma City, here for you. Love your mom. Um, and this one is where I exist. Hello from the outer darkness. Right. Uh, so Raj, yes, being defense of insanity, as it is officially called, is not available available in Idaho. In other words, uh, there's no uh, insanity defense. Um, she basically thinks that zombies uh, overtook her children's bodies and they had to be eliminated. Um, is there a chance that she is? really suffering um, from this delusion that she really believes. No, no it, it, it is not. I'm, I, if, if there's any show of mental illness in her, it is, uh, I don't want to say faked. It, it's just, she's ready for it. She, she knows it's like going to a test and knowing some of the answers. Are you really going to get the proper score? In the test, no, because they they already knew some of the answers. That's her. She she is very smart, very smart, uh, very evil, and that's why I, I believe she's sitting in jail right now, saying. And if you put a, a a lie detector, she could look at it and say, "I'm innocent," and it would show that she believes she's innocent. That's where I think she is. She's not lying. She genuinely believes that she is innocent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I think you know, in the in terrorists and other things, uh, to them, they're not doing evil stuff. Uh, they're doing wh what needs to be done. And do I believe she's the same way? Yes. Yes. I, I believe it. She exists in her own world. She has her own idea of right and wrong. And uh, so she, I, I'm sorry. No, I inter he told me the right thing is not to interrupt. So I still interrupt. Good. I, mean, I apologize. No. I wanted yeah. to just suggest that we should maybe look at um, her relationship with her fifth husband and who was, who was inspiring whom to commit these atrocities. By the way, all you have to say is fifth husband. Something's yeah. just not right. That's it. Well, and you I, had me I, at fifth husband. Let me ask you another this. Uh, 
in Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, who was the best dancer? They had to dance together. Oh, now you've answered her <laughs> and her present husband. She found a good dance partner that that synced with her. And that that's all you're seeing. Do I think uh, one is better than the other? No. I think both skilled, uh, both evil, uh, very calculated. You because have to admit that this smart people and they had Kool-Aid drinkers around them. And you have to admit this story is like totally, this uh, reality is totally absurd. I mean, the number of, of crimes committed by this very... Literally, she was like the, the, the center of all these crimes. And it's, it's hard to fathom. Uh, Tracy, it is hard to fathom. I'm just thinking out loud here. So back to, you know, there's some parallels to be drawn. You dealt with terrorists and there's people who are radicalized, right? So they are literally, in essence, brainwashed into thinking a certain way. Uh, do you think it's possible that she really believes this whole zombie notion that zombies basically entered her children's bodies. They had to be eliminated. Um, could she be so far gone that this is now a realistic belief in her mind real quick? Carol, hello from Br Brisbane, Australia, followed by Annie. Good day from Australia, Carm. Uh, is that possible, Tracy? So first of all, Carm, you can interrupt me at any time. You are fabulous. I agree. I used to have a sign on my desk when I was working, don't talk while I'm interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. So in terms of Lori Vallow, I get heat sometimes like from my students when I say this because it sounds really callous, but I'm just going to say it and, you know, we'll go from there. I think Lori Vallow would ascribe to whatever it is that she wanted to believe to make her narrative happen the way that she wanted it to happen. A go. lot of people get mad at me because they're like, that's so heartless. So she just kills her kids. Yeah, she just kills her kids. And she to make it seem better to her made this idea of the fact that they were, you know, possessed by zombies. I don't know any other way to put it. That's kind of what she she believed. And she was grading them, you know, on these, these different scales. And so I think for her, look, do I think there's a similarity in terms of some of the terrorists that, you know, I talked to? Yeah, because they all felt, you know, Americans, Jews were like these enemies and crashing planes into the World Trade Center would get them, you know, their narrative that they wanted. I think she believes, I don't think she believed her kids were really possessed by zombies. I think that's what she wanted others to believe so that she got almost this empathy, um, I guess. Uh, oh, this poor woman. She's contrived empathy. Contrived yes. empathy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that's purposeful empathy is what you got, what you're Thank talking you. about. It's not like I, I have a true action and people then are empathetic about it. It's that I've set up a scenario of facts based on what I've come up with to grab empathy from a crowd. And to get what I want. Amen. And I think, Amen. And I think she yeah. wanted those kids dead. 
I think she's always wanted those kids dead. I think they were in her way. And she created whatever kind of narrative that she felt would get her this, oh, this woman's mentally ill. This, yeah. That's why she did it. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, this woman is evil. You yes, evil. Know, <laughs> she's not mentally ill. No, I agree. That's speaking poorly. It's a similar people. thing as murder. I'm going to murder my wife and son so that I get sympathy. Right, yeah, exactly. And and, oh. and you, uh, your mother, being from from the old country in a bad situation, did the people around you believe in what the, uh, the killing your people was okay? Yes. See, yeah. it's the same crowd. It's the same crowd. We just moved them from Germany to America. <laughs> it's the same crowd. Same thought pattern. The same thought process, but a different yes. crowd. Mm -hmm. And the and the Hitler and them were not mentally ill; <laughs> they were evil. And so's this woman. When you compare that crowd, then there, there's a match. There's a match of humankind in that. And her kids got in her way. That's plain and simple. They got in her way of her Hawaii idea. You and know, then, whatever she got in her head. And then she created a structure in her own mind to explain to rationalize the good reason why she got rid of them. But Thank first you. they were definitely, when you see on the documentary that her, both of them in those white outfits mm -hmm. in Hawaii being so happy and the kids are dead. Yeah. Oh, and I believe That's she was happy. I think she was happy. She, she was what happy. She, wanted. she was yeah. right. And she believed she was uh right in what she did. That's how she could act so happy. It's not that I murdered someone. Uh, I did what needed to be done. Yeah. Dreaming Cat Studio writes, question, and I don't think we have the answer to this question, which is why I'm asking it, uh, Who or why Dreaming Cat Studio is asking it, whose idea was it to kill the kids, Lori or Chad? Mutual agreement that they hire Alex to kill them uh, these answers are still not there, but I think Roger uh, sort of answered it uh, a moment ago by talking about uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Exactly. They they dance together. Is, is yes. that how you know you you can't once you mix two ingredients together, uh, it's near impossible to separate them. That's what we've got here. I mean, when you've got him weird, her weird, then who's the correct weird? Uh, no, yeah, they're both weird. Said, I you know, I, I think we everybody wants a definitive answer for such an evil act. Um, you, you can't. I don't believe that's possible. And my lovely sister, my sister is checking in. The lovely Arden. Hello to you, Arden. Special shout out to my sister. Uh, followed up here by uh, Rose. What's up, STS Nation from the Tampa Bay area? Best true crime <laughs> podcast on YouTube. Also the most insane on Sunday night. So uh, you can get the best and the craziest on Sunday nights. And I'm what happy to be part of it. Can I just say something, though? I don't know that this was... Like I love, I agree with the whole dance, you know, and you have to dance together. Mm. But part of me wonders if the killing of the kids was originally Lori's idea. Oh, you think it was? Yeah, yeah. I originally, I think, I think Chad went along for the ride, right? But I think it was Lori's idea, and I think, God forbid, she should get her hands dirty and do anything herself. I think she told her brother to do it, and he did it. 
But I really do think that the idea at first started with Lori. That that's just what I think. I have nothing to prove that with. Right. <laughs> that fits. That fits. But it's hard. You know, you can say that at stage one, right. but the kids were were killed in stage forty three. Right. Okay. And so uh, you want to you don't want to get with people who are going to be uh, against your vision. See, she did she have a vision? Yeah. Uh, was that important in who she chose to be with? Yeah. That's why when they're gone, let's go to Hawaii. You know, you just won the Super Bowl of killing people. That there's where you are with this. It's very evil, very sick. By the way, shout out to Papa Bear from Moscow, Idaho, obviously the home of uh, where the quadruple homicides happened, as well as Cindy Hollenbeck, uh, who's in that same area. Uh, both friends of the show, we are thinking of you, and obviously we'll be covering. Uh, that case, uh, continuing to cover it and uh, see if it goes into trial uh, eventually. Patty Barnett writes, Lori is my definition of a snake charmer. Um, Dr. Roger Rhodes, uh, Lori Vallow, uh, her case, her legal case was paused in June 2021 after she was declared incompetent for trial and she was committed to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare uh, she was in there for 10 months. How, um, and you've worked in the prison systems, how do you figure out when someone is too crazy to be in the prison system and needs to go to a mental health facility uh, versus the other way around? And why is she okay right now to be in jail? I, I believe at some point she did not feel the, the legal system could capture her. Uh, the reason she veered over to the mental illness was she knew from being around, again, very smart, you know, you can fake being mentally ill, okay? And so she, it, it tells more, I think a lot of this is real good because I think it shows her, because she's smart, how to maneuver in a lane that she thinks will benefit her. I mean, she didn't stop being manipulative when they caught her. She, she's always been manipulative all her life. That's her natural state. So I, I believe we saw her go to mental illness because of her concern that the, the case wasn't moving the way she wanted it to. So she figured out the right answers, gave it to him, and now I'm mentally ill. Uh, I, I think it was um, a setup, a, 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 set, a legal and, setup. And, and, and sometimes therapists fall for the setup. Well, right. I mean, let me tell you, again, not only smart, but she's pretty. And, and could she get with people and flirt them into mental illness, flirt her way into mental illness? You bet. I've seen it every day. Every day of my career. And Raj, someone is writing, my knit saloon is a friend of the show. So Lori's parents are enablers, question mark. Is that a, an affirmative? Uh, move enablers, uh, scratch that out and put teachers. Mm. Now we're in trouble. I think uh, what is the number one form of education? And the number one form of education is monkey education. Monkey see. 
monkey do? She's, she watched the big monkeys, and we see the result of her, her little monkey self turning into a big monkey self, and children that didn't fit her narrative had to go. Yeah, but you know? she, outdid, she outdid the teacher. She outdid her teachers. Who? Yes. Lori. Yes. I mean, yeah. the parents didn't kill a few people and so forth. But I tell you why, unfortunately, sadly, I think you are on the right track that they, that they taught her because I saw that she went on all sorts of national TV programs There's and, and, and stated that her daughter would never kill her own children while they were investigating the murder. So she was also in denial of the fact that her daughter could do something like this. Well, right, and, because, see, she would have to take ownership of an element of responsibility. Oh, I, wait don't, I, I tell you, I have to take exception with you. If he does crazy things, I don't want to take any responsibility. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I, I've not seen you. This is the first time I've been with you. And I'm telling you, the little monkey has washed you. I, I didn't realize it till I saw the big monkey. Uh, I, I <laughs> Thank you. you. I've <laughs> never been in trouble in my life, for the record. Kathleen Cryer Wright, love the channel. The only people I'm in trouble with are you and my wife. That's it. Kathleen Wright, <laughs> love the channel. Carm Rocks, followed here by Flyover Girl, love Tracy's laugh. Uh, this comment comes a little out of left field, but I love it. Jack Crane, I love the visualization. I second that too. Karma is like a cowbell, need more cowbell. Um, <laughs> I would like to put a cowbell on Carmela uh, just to make sure she doesn't stray too far away. Uh, Jay Thomas Reset, God, this show on Sunday nights is bordering on insanity. Um, Jay you Thomas Reset, everywhere. Remember, he says, I want a shirt that says, let Carm talk. Um, we could get one of those made we, up. We made up cups. That I, I, it was my idea. I, I live in a condominium, and I said it says on it what? Straight out of out, straight out of the nursing home. Straight yeah, I out told of the, it the nursing home. I said straight out of the nursing. Home. Your, your building might as well be a nursing home, but yes, and you're allowed out on Sunday nights, and this is what happens. Tracy Walder. Her own attorneys have used the following language. They have referred to Lori Vallow as extremely complex and fragile and went on to say that no experts from the court or the state of Idaho Department of Health and Welfare claim she is malingering or making up her mental illness. Um, does this give you pause for concern that maybe she really is mentally ill and they themselves are saying she is complex and fragile? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, sure answer? No, hell no. That doesn't give me any pause for concern whatsoever. Um, I think it just speaks more to her manipulation. Um, yeah, the way that she is manipulating um, the folks that are psychologically evaluating her. She's manipulating her attorney. She's manipulating everyone around her, just like she was able to manipulate these five husbands. And then when she couldn't manipulate them, she killed them, right? Because that's, that's what she did. And so I think, and I, I hate to bring this up, but um, I think that, that Dr. Rhodes, you, you brought this up and I think it's really important. It does, and it's a genius. I'd say. Obviously. <laughs> it, you know. Now, I brought it up, man. 
I think, I think that we cannot underestimate the element that attractiveness um, brings into some of this. And I think like the the reality is, is, is she knows this about herself and she's able to bring that in um, to some of that. And I think there is this, I'll just bring myself for an example. I think people look at me and they're like, you didn't work at the CIA and the FBI and like talk to terrorists in Afghanistan. And I'm like, that's cool. Totally get it. Yeah. I like to shop. I like girly stuff. That's just like who I am. But I also think too, if we look at Lori Vallow, I think people look at her and think she's delicate, fragile, all these different things because of the way that she looks. And she plays off of that. She knows this about herself and she is able to manipulate that. And she is able to use that to her advantage. And I guess that's where this smart, weird, right, uh, sort of comes from. And she is absolutely manipulating people. I have zero pause <laughs> um, in, in regards to that whatsoever. Sorry to be so harsh, but. No, that's, that's good to know. But wait a second, wait, wait a second. She's not fragile now. Because she still sees ways to manipulate the world. If it would, if she would, when she's really cornered and she cannot manipulate the world anymore, I think that's when I expect her to fall apart because there is nothing else that she can do to get what she wants because she was cornered. Now, if she's clever, she will play the chess game so that she's never cornered. Mm -hmm. And Carb, you know, to your point too, if you watch the documentary, right, the best example of this way that she uses herself, right, as this manipulation tool is if you look at when um, I believe it was Charles Vallow who called the police um, and he is on the body cam of the police talking about, you know, that she's crazy, she's threatened him, she's done all this stuff. And you you juxtapose their reaction to him. Right. And then their reaction to her when they bring her in for questioning and they're almost flirting with her um, in a way. And I found that to really be fascinating. And she is so self-aware. She is so aware of the power um, that she power in air quotes that she holds. And I'm not saying that you have to look a certain way to be this manipulator, but she, for some reason, was very attuned to how people responded to her and used that as a way to manipulate them. And that was one of the most interesting parts of the documentary to sort of juxtapose those two instances. But but there is a saying, I don't know exactly how it goes, that you have in your 20s, you have the face that you were given by nature but by the, your forties, you have the face that you deserve. And she, if you looked at the end of the documentary, she looked more or less pathetic. Like, like uh, I don't know if you ever saw the Sunset Boulevard, the movie, mm-hmm. and Gloria Swanson. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Another T-shirt. <laughs> Queen Bee writes, Boyce is ex-Mormon, so that's good to know. I will find that out for sure. Um, Then, uh, Raul Thomas, I think Chad will divorce Lori uh, before the trial followed here by Amy. Chad is a 1,000% going to throw Lori under the bus and drive the bus over her. Uh, Followed here by another question, how did Alex Cox die? He allegedly died under from natural circumstances or causes, but um, there are people who question that. And here's the answer from an other STS nation, Devote. This is from Jenny. Alex died of a pulmonary embolism. 
They ruled it natural. Most people find the case, as I just said, uh, disagree. Also, retired RN here writing, East Idaho News is purchasing the audio from the trial and will furnish it for all, as will all the major uh, uh, news outlets. This is going to be a massive trial along the lines of the Alec Murdoch trial. Uh, Dr. Rhodes, back to you uh, yes. on this one. Tomorrow we are having Gigi McKelvion uh, for a special lunchtime show. Uh, my little daughter is in a play, and I must uh, appear at that play tomorrow night. Or Good my dad mother, move. Smart dad move. Otherwise, my wife and my beautiful mother will admonish me, and I want to be there anyway. So we're doing a lunch live tomorrow. That's that's the uh, the whole moral of the story. But Lori Hellis is coming on. She's writing a book about this entire case. She posed a question in her newsletter, which is called The Lori Vallow Story. And Dr. Rhodes, I'm going to pose this question to you right now. Okay. She says, when does religious belief become insanity? And when does that insanity excuse criminality, including murder? Uh, she was asking it from a legal perspective, but is there such a thing uh, where you become so insane that it excuses the crim criminal aspect, including murder? The, the quick answer, no. Uh, I go yeah, back to what we were, that we were saying about terrorists. You know, <coughs> thank you, Gary Reese, for the super sticker. Thank you, Gary. Boring. It's something to go. Oh, here it is. You know, it's a bugaboo. Here's something we got to watch out for. Uh, it's it, it it can be mine. No, no. Let me tell you, this started at birth. Okay, she has been in training all her life, okay? We are just seeing the end result of that. And uh, when you talk to most people, just like the terrorist thing, let me tell you, they did all this stuff, and 15th down the list, we, we got the Al-Qaeda deal. That's the same way with religion. P people have a certain behavior, you know? And, I, and when you really sit down and talk to them, Religion is not number one, is as the motivator for their behavior. Is it a factor? Yeah, but they'll bring up five or six things before they bring up a religious connection to it. Uh, so I, I and I, you never hear this being a, an issue until somebody is looking for a good excuse to do a bad thing. Uh, shout out to Maui Swift. But I have the need to say something. Shout out to Maui Swift <laughs> real quick. That's another shirt. I have a need to find a need to say something. Nancy Whitmore, love this show. I think Lori and Chad just wanted to get rid of everyone in their way. Her husband, his wife, and the kids. That's exactly what Tracy was just saying. Carm, yes. uh, if you have the need, please say something. No, I have to say something. Good. In the defense of the parents. And, oh, you know, there is oh no, difference. don't don't defend those idiots. Don't well, defend wait those idiots. one second, wait one second. <laughs> I I I think that there is a big difference uh in how they behave. They didn't kill anybody. Uh she just carried it a little bit further, uh Lori, in her behavior. In other words, <laughs> in other words, uh, the parents Maybe they were manipulators and maybe they were this and that they were that and whatever, but they didn't kill anybody. That makes a big difference 
a, a, a very basic difference between the two. Okay, here here I want to make, make use a metaphor. Okay, if, if you have a radio and volume has all the way to ten, okay, if the parents only allowed to go five, fine. They were helping somebody get from zero to five. Now, did she pick up like a a, re, a race picking up the baton and going a little farther? Yeah, but did she have help going to the first five? Yeah. So are, are they responsible? Well, not really. They didn't hold a gun to her head, but they had her in training. Yeah, you told me the monkey business. Yeah, yes. Well, wait a minute. Tell me, tell me if, if you see behavior and everybody look at their parents. And if you don't see some monkey education there, you got me. It, it, I guarantee you that boy next to you. If you don't think he wants you and your husband, you're wrong. You're wrong. Still watching. Still watching. Still watching. Yes. Yes, you are. Observer of human nature. S. Watkins writes, OMG, the lady in red, not this one, gets no airtime. Complete waste of her time. Shame on y'all for not including her on the conversation. Tracy Walder, I don't think that's fair. I think we've given you a lot of airtime. But I'm going to take this moment right now just to annoy S. Watkins to say, <laughs> Tracy, do you have anything you'd like to add at this very no, moment? <laughs> I don't feel that way at all. Um, like, at all. I feel like I have plenty of airtime. But also, I just, little shout out to introverts out there. I am more of an introvert. Mm. I am more of a watcher and a listener. Maybe that's what served me well in the CIA. But I feel very much included in this conversation, everyone. So thank you. My mother's an introvert also. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, here we go from my knit saloon to Roger. Roger, a question. That's why it sounds like she's not talking. Because you got Roger who loves to talk. And you got Carm who loves to talk more than Roger. Um, Roger, a question for you. Explain yes. how Lori is smart, please. Okay. How in the world can you be married... And kill several people, kill your children, go to Hawaii, and beguile a whole bunch of other people out there to, to drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, that just look at people who, are, both her, her and Chad, they hung on every word. Now, that takes some, some gumption to do that. That takes some smarts. And to manipulate the legal system takes some smarts. So there's all these uh, milestones in the in the uh, in her life that shows that when she's been confronted with difficult elements, she's blown by them. And I believe she did that to therapists <laughs> in the in the prison. <laughs> They, they would hate to admit, but I'd like to say, do, do you think Lori was smarter than the people who were doing the psychologicals on her in prison? And I'm like, hell yes. And do, would they be, would they be struggle? Would they struggle with that? Yeah. But no, man, we, she can't do that. We don't think she's pretty. We don't think she's smart. Well, that that's exactly what people who are outsmarted and hoodooed uh, say all the time. 
It's no. See. It, it's a form of intelligence. Uh, it's not calculus. It's not rocket Good. science. Good point. Um, it's a variation. Yeah. Anna writes here. She looked awful happy when she was married to Chad in Hawaii. Weeks after his kids and his wife were sent through a portal, followed here. Carm, this is a question or comment you can respond to. Hitler was a fascist. Fascism does not discriminate. Anyone from any religion can be a fascist. Hate is predictable where there's egotistical supremacy. Uh, Carm, any thoughts on that? That was well said. That's my comment. <laughs> so listen, I uh, I go above and beyond for this show. I actually went into some message boards here to see what some people were saying, uh, professional types. And um, here's a comment about her. Uh, this is from a, uh, a therapist, uh, writes, Definitely a psychopath. This is describing her mental state. She doesn't have the ability to feel empathy and remorse. She killed her kids and went off to Hawaii like it was just another day at the office. Remember, she had her brother kill her ex-husband too. Psychopaths have little to no conscience for the conscience for the terrible things they do. Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Kaczynski. Lori Vallow actually thinks she is a god. Whoa. Although the God complex is not a recognized term in the diagnostic, blah, 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 blah. To say the least, this is perhaps the most technical term of all. She is crazy as F. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Rose. Who, who was the guy who killed all the women in Florida? Bundy. Bundy, yes. That, see, now I think there's a good connect between her and Bundy. Yeah. You know? He he believed he was innocent. He was going to be his own lawyer. Wow. And they put it on film, and nothing beats that he got with Dobson and said, yeah, I have an issue with pornography. Wow. To the, wait a minute, to, to the point he's dying, he's still playing the game. I believe that is, Lori, and that is the, the same stuff, only in female form. And Carm. Uh, you're the other licensed therapist here. Uh, do you do, would you define her as a psychopath? How would you how would you uh, diagnose her? That is the word I'm looking for. Uh, is she a psychopath? Yeah, she is a psychopath. I mean, the psychopath, the narcissistic. There, these terms are thrown around. Uh, I'm not used to giving diagnosis. Uh, I learned that from. From my life, I don't give diagnosis. I just watch behavior. <laughs> Don, my husband is my life. Oh, uh, that's a shirt. Another shirt. Good wife there. Good yeah. wife there. Yeah. Another shirt. My husband you is my life. His life. Carm pulling at the heartstrings like Lori Vallow. Uh, Don Hagerman <laughs> writes. Do you think she wanted the kids gone to please Chad Tracy, the one who doesn't speak, Tracy? <laughs> I definitely speak. Um, Not according to that woman, you don't. Okay, well, I do. Uh, no, I think she wanted the kids gone to please herself. Mm. Sorry. Um, I don't really know that it had anything to do with Chad, to be completely honest with you. I just think she found a helper, a friend um, in Chad um, who would help her do the things she wanted to do. I know. You know, if you watch the documentary, you research her, talks about what a great mom she was and how much she loved her kids. That was all for show. That was all the stuff she put on social media. We all know that, you know, what you see on social media isn't, isn't real. Um, you know, you look at her daughter and you look at some of the things that she says, like, I don't think her daughter was happy. 
um, and that breaks my heart, right? As the mom of a girl uh, to, to see that. But I, I, I think she wanted them gone because she wanted them gone. I don't think it had anything to do with Chad. She just found an opportunity. Well, Chad, Chad has six children, never killed one of them. Exactly. Very good point, Carm. I, I completely agree. Sherry's news, right? All I want to say is in the time that it all happened, he didn't kill all his kids. <laughs> but what I would also say is if she put the thumb down of, if you're going to stay with me, baby, the kids got to go. Uh, I don't know. He wouldn't gotten rid of his kids. Mm -hmm. you know? No, I agree. Interesting. Sherry's news writes, great show, Joel. My question is, uh, Dr. Rhodes, we could uh, send this to you. Uh, why is Lori always smiling? She smiles coming out of the courtroom. She smiles getting into the car. She smiles to the cashier at the gas station. I find this very eerie. Is that some sort of reflexive mechanism for coping with something, uh, doctor? No, no. It's media training. Go look at <laughs> with the talk show. They don't. You don't see people coming in with a talk show. Oh, man, I've had a crappy day. Now, they may say that backstage. But man, when the lights go on, I can remember uh, doing talk shows with people and people like, I got a stomach ache. And this, the host would say and was all down. But man, when the lights went on, it was crazy. It, it was just like chameleon. They, they just changed smiling. And that's her. That's why she wants it televised. So she can put on the Lori show. And, and uh Jenny, Jenny, right to your point, Roger says it's because Lori loves the attention. She's in pageant mode. She's a former pageant queen. Yeah, that's that's it there too. Pageant talk shows. I mean, uh, it's just being media savvy. You know, it's that's the same way with Facebook or whatever you're putting out on the internet. You can't. The great thing is the ability to control the narrative, and she is. Magna cum laude at that. She knows how to control the narrative. Uh, she has done that from day one. And uh, when people didn't fit the narrative, time to go. The ex-husband fit the narrative? No, time to go. Kids fit the narrative? No, time to go. Uh, that is just her uh, belief that it's all about me. We're going to... Uh wrap it up in just a moment or two as uh carm has indicated it is her bedtime momentarily <laughs> um amy writes chad's children were grown he did not want to deal with a mouthy teen and an autistic little boy Lori wanted chad chad didn't want the kids Lori got rid of the kids uh, according to amy that is uh simple math right there um jody says i agree with you she manipulated everyone and the system and continues to do so. Um, Dr. Rhodes, back to you on this. This is something else I saw out of psychology today. Uh, is it, po it is possible, they write in psychology today, that Lori Vallow's mental health in jail is deteriorating. This is a person who wrote a column. I've seen more than one defendant who forced with the con is forced with the consequences of what she or he had done and the stress of incar incarceration began to unravel. Do you buy into that, that uh, she's now unraveling from the stress of incarceration? In, in common terms, that's called a wake-up call. As, is she getting a wake-up call 
uh, around other inmates and other and and the legal system that she's guilty. Yeah, and is she gonna? Uh, is that gonna leak out? Yeah, uh, but she she's she, it, till the end, like Bundy. She's gonna she's just gonna be evil, and she's gonna she's gonna have a narrative, and she's gonna throw that narrative out. And just like some of her followers, there's going to be a group of people that are going to believe her crap. Just like there are people, you know, they show them all, and I'm, I'm, I've got great kids, and I got great clothes, and I got great shoes, and uh, that's just con- called controlling the narrative. And that is she good at that? You bet. Is she media savvy? You bet. Is she smart? You bet. A uh, fun fact on the screen from our chief marketing officer, Tracy Walder may not speak a lot, but she is an author. You can find her book on the, uh, her find her book, Unexpected Spy, on the STS Amazon storefront that is now up. The link in is in the description, uh, and it is Amazon.com. Surviving the Survivor, best guest in true crime slash backslash list or forward slash list, whatever kind of slash that is. Anyway, bottom line is we've got a link to Amazon in our summary of the show, and you can buy The Unexpected Spy. Uh, Dr. Rhodes, do you have any books or no? No. But you're going to have I, I've got. I, I, I have to learn to write first, so that'd be, that's the reason I would have a book. For those, uh, I don't talk. I just write. I don't talk. Uh, you're right. Well, you're, you're right. Well, you're, you're so behind times. You made the CIA. Yeah, buddy. That's, those are, that's, a, that's a crowd of dullards there. It's what I'm thinking. Uh, real quick, I thought this was interesting. Um, Psychology Today looked at 68 studies from 1967 to 2008, and the only defendants who were deemed incompetent uh, to stand trial, we're much more likely to have a pre-existing diagnosis of a severe mental illness, most commonly schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder, uh, and to have a history of multiple psychiatric hospitalizations, also to be unemployed and unmarried. Uh, mm-hmm. So none of these things really hold true uh, for Lori uh, Vallow-Daybell, and that is why she is uh, one reason she's found uh, fit to stand uh, trial here. Uh, Carmela, you are a licensed therapist. Um, is she, you would never diagnose her as schizophrenic, would you? No. Uh, Dr. Rhodes, how does one one define a schizophrenic um, from a psychological standpoint? What do you have to be to be schizo? I, I, you have to have a continual break from reality. It's it's not like uh, uh, people with that diagnosis are like everybody else. No, they don't function well. They don't interact well because they they are not living in reality. And so, uh, in simple terms, they don't pass. People with that diagnosis don't pass the smell test. Exactly. You put, what? Exactly. Uh, They don't pass because uh, when you give the example that they don't have to live in reality, in somewhere, um, Lori doesn't live in reality either. But if you met a a person who suffers from schizophrenia, you would know it. You you would not have to be even 
you know, a, a psychologist, you would know the difference. It's a different texture in this different person. Right. And one of the issues that has not been brought up, but I would love to get, get the feedback from the less vocal guest here, but uh, <laughs> is, is uh, and this is the word, control. Anybody I've ever seen with schizophrenia, they don't have control. I mean, it, it, they're very disturbed about what's going on, their disconnection with reality, them hearing voices or, or things not c connecting. So at the core, they don't feel like they have any control. And I would say that's 180 from this woman. She's... Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Rhodes. No, you go ahead. Well, you don't speak. I'm okay, I'll speak. <laughs> Your turn. You know, I think, and again, I am not a mental health professional. That's that's you and Carm. But I, I do, I want to say something to Joel's point. Like most of these people who have committed these crimes, right? And that what we talk about in my criminal justice class, the wedding cake model of criminal justice, that that top, you know, 0.00%. Really, these this isn't a majority, right, of the crimes that are committed. Most of them are fit to stand trial. They are not deemed, you know, too mentally incompetent to stand trial. And I think sometimes you are not, but we conflate as a society, right, mental illness with this ability to be so deviant in committing these crimes. And I think that is is a problem. You just because you're schizophrenic does not mean that you're going to murder we think she's allegedly, you know, murdered more than two people, but perhaps five. Um, you know, just because you suffer from these mental illnesses does not. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Think of what you just did. That, <laughs> that little skip you just did verbally. Wow. In that little pause, there, you've got her right there. <laughs> you've got but, her in the pause. But it's, it's just something that, you know, I think is... I think, Joel, you made such a good point when you said that, right? Like, I think a lot of times, obviously, Joel, you know, this mental health thing is very important to me as someone who's diagnosed with PTSD and depression. And I think it's important to remember that most of these people are quite sane. And I think that's what's so disturbing to all of us, right, is, is how deviant their behavior is coupled with the fact that they are sane for the most part. <laughs> yeah, nobody. You, you almost wish that they would be that, that they exactly. would have uh, that alibi of being crazy. So exactly. that mm. yeah. um, the chief marketing officer has put up. If you enjoy STS, please review and rate our shows on your favorite audio platform. A five star review helps STS stay relevant on the podcast charts. Thanks so much. Uh, we've devoted a ton of time to uh, YouTube, and we are going to continue to do that. But we'd love to. Uh, increase our awareness and our profile on the audio side. So if you guys have a second, uh, it would be a massive help uh, to just leave us a nice review on Spotify or Apple or Audible or Odyssey or wherever you listen to podcasts. And Harold, who is anything but Dell, writes, if it is Sunday morning, it's meet the press. If it is Sunday night, it's calm and surviving the survivor. I smell another T-shirt slogan. Uh, meanwhile, Tracy Walder, she's one of the few women to serve in both the Directorate of Operations at the CIA and as, and as a special agent at the FBI, and also to survive a Sunday night with Carmen Joel. Uh, she now works as an author and adjunct professor of criminal justice at Texas Christian University, 
and sits on the board of directors of Girl Security. And she is, as you know by now, the author of The Unexpected Spy. We thank her for her service. And you can thank her by buying her book at our link in our summary. Uh, Tracy, what are you looking out for? Uh, we're going to trial one week from Monday. That is tomorrow. Uh, anything you're uh, keeping those eyes peeled for? Um. I think sort of last minute motions on her on her behalf by you know her defense. I think she's played the system a lot, and we we've talked about this uh, tremendously. And I think I will be interested to see if there's any you know sort of these midnight filings, right? That's what we call them. And so I will be interested to see if anything happens um, in regards to that. I don't think, and I'm probably going to regret saying this, but I don't think it's going to be difficult to seat a jury um, in this case. I really don't. I don't see much of a difficulty here other than the fact of people not wanting to be on the jury because I know the community is pretty frustrated with how long all of this has taken. Um, but, but but really, that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking for. And uh, my knit saloon writes, Tracy, you rock, followed by ketchup. I've never seen Tracy laugh so much until today. Amazing discussion. Oh, the best you. of the best yet, again, including the viewers. STS Nation, of course, is what makes it all happen. Without you guys, we are but nothing. Um, Cindy Hollenbeck writes, love you, Tracy. Ned Thanks. Smith, right on cue, says, are these recorded? I came in late. You can listen tomorrow morning on Spotify, Apple, uh, anywhere else you listen to podcasts, and you can leave us a nice review, and that will go a long way. CM Kathy, I sort of feel bad for her. New subscriber, love the relationship between mom and son. I uh, hope you come back, Kathy. Sorry you had to start this way, but uh, uh, we're glad to have you. Meanwhile, Dr. Roger Rhodes is a senior therapist at the Pace Center in Greenville, South Carolina, specializing in dysfunctional relationships. He's worked with inmates inside of prison. He stays on the outside of those prison bars. And uh, Dr. Rose. And I want to say I was taught that by my mother. Stay <laughs> out of prison. <laughs> I'm a little monkey. And I, I listened to that <laughs> monkey as I was growing up. I don't go to prison. You know, my grandfather was a, a uh worker in the Oklahoma state prison system. So no prison for Roger. Yeah. And that's no joke that prison system in Oklahoma, but uh, <laughs> Dr. Real. Rhodes, what should we look out for in the behavior of Lori Vallow Daybell as we get closer to this trial? I, I think you're going to see a uh, fight over the narrative. She's going to try to control the narrative that she's innocent and that she's a great mom, la, 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 okay? And the court system is going to move to this thought, like Sergeant Friday on TV, just the facts, ma'am. I think they're going to tighten down uh, and make it as black and white as they can, and she's going to try to throw a rainbow everything and uh, try to beguile them like she had her she had done with her followers. And Vroom, thanks, Joel. Thanks, Carmen. Thanks, best guests. Wonderful as always. And thanks to all in the chat. All y'all, that's the su Southern in her and in me now, be safe out there, please. All y'all. And uh, Carm, can you say all y'all, Carm? I'm not. I'm refused. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm not ready for a trip to South Carolina yet. 
This was a great panel, Joel. Thank you, Carm, Roger, Tracy. You're all a wealth of insight and information. Carmela, you always get the last word, Carm, whether uh, I want to give it to you or not. So <laughs> what is your final word on this, Carm? And uh, more specifically, um, is Lori nuts or not? That was the starting question. Let me finish that with you. Is she crazy? Lisa, we went over all this. Okay. I have my last words are I love this is what Joel is. I love you, STS Nation. <laughs> and look at this. Frankie Figs says Carm with a heart emoji, followed by Cindy. Great show, Carm. You're wonderful. What Thank a sweet you. I love way. you all. I really do. I, I enjoy my Sunday nights. And I love you black. Even though this has so much material. And a final comment from Marina in Spain. Love you, Carm. Love you, America. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, Get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force powering Allbirds, Rothies, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.